Forced Migration Review, Issue 51, December 2015. The Extraterritorial Processing of Asylum Claims by Sarah Leonard and Christian Kaunert. Calls for the creation of asylum processing centers outside the EU are being renewed, but significant objections and obstacles remain. In November 2014, German Interior Minister Thomas de Maitziel floated the idea of establishing welcome and departure centers in major transit countries in North Africa, where applications for asylum would be processed. By removing the obligation to be on European soil in order to apply for asylum, the external processing of asylum claims would remove the necessity for asylum seekers to embark on perilous and costly journeys across the Mediterranean to Europe. The extraterritorial processing of asylum claims is not a new idea. As long ago as 1986, Denmark tabled a draft resolution in the United Nations UN General Assembly to create UN centers where asylum claims would be processed and the resettlement of refugees would be coordinated among all states. A few years later, the idea of establishing European processing centers was considered at the Intergovernmental Consultations on Migration, Asylum, and Refugees, following a Dutch initiative. The Danish government also advocated the idea of reception in the region during the Danish presidency of the Council of the European Union, EU, in 2001. In 2003, the British government tabled the most elaborate proposal on extraterritorial processing to date as part of a new vision for refugees. Among various measures aiming to better manage asylum on a global scale, it suggested establishing transit processing centers for asylum seekers, notably on migration transit routes to the EU. It was suggested that these centers could be financed by the participating states, possibly with some financial support from the EU budget. Those granted refugee status would be resettled in the EU on a quota basis, whereas those whose applications were rejected would normally be returned to their country of origin. Various countries were named in media reports as potential hosts for the transit processing center, including Albania, Romania, Croatia, Russia, Turkey, Ukraine, Iran, Somalia, and Morocco. The proposal was even discussed at several EU meetings in early 2003, and the governments of some EU member states expressed some interest in the proposal, but others were more skeptical or even critical, in particular the governments of Germany and Sweden. Several reports by journalists and non-governmental organizations also highlighted legal, moral, and financial issues. In the face of such criticisms, in June 2003, the British government dropped its plan for the extraterritorial processing of asylum claims. Nevertheless, it was not long before the idea of extraterritorial asylum processing resurfaced. Following a much-criticized incident in mid-2004, and note 1, the then-German Interior Minister Otto Schilly, who had been critical of the British proposal one year earlier, proposed creating EU-funded safe zones in North Africa. His ideas were further detailed in a paper entitled Effective Protection for Refugees, Fighting Effectively Against Illegal Migration. It suggested that asylum seekers and migrants should be intercepted in the Mediterranean and returned to extraterritorial processing centers where pre-screening would be conducted to determine which asylum seekers should be transferred to either the EU or safe countries in the region of origin for full refugee status determination. An idea tested outside Europe. The transit centers or processing centers that have been discussed over the years have differed with regard to their proposed location and functions. Nevertheless, in practice, there has not yet been any extraterritorial processing of asylum claims by the EU or any of its member states. In contrast, some countries outside Europe have had practical experience of the extraterritorial processing of asylum claims, in particular the United States, U.S., and Australia.
The U.S. implemented a system of extraterritorial processing of asylum claims for dealing with flows of asylum seekers from Haiti in the 1980s and 1990s. From 1981 onwards, U.S. border guards intercepted boats carrying asylum seekers from Haiti and interviewed them on board its Coast Guard vessels to assess the merits of their claim. From 1994, intercepted Haitian asylum seekers were transported to a temporary holding center on the U.S. naval base at Guantanamo Bay for a preliminary hearing of their refugee claim. In the same year, the U.S. administration concluded agreements with Jamaica and the Turks and Caicos Island to conduct full refugee status determination on their territories of asylum seekers fleeing from Haiti. The hearings were monitored by UNHCR. The policy was ended once the political situation in Haiti changed in the mid-1990s. Australia launched the so-called Pacific Solution, later known as the Pacific Strategy, in 2001, by which asylum seekers intercepted at sea on unauthorized vessels were transferred to offshore processing centers on Nauru and Manus Island in Papua New Guinea. The offshore facilities were managed by the International Organization for Migration, IOM, with the support of a private security company. Although the Australian government ended the Pacific Solution in 2008, a return to the offshore processing of asylum applications was announced in August 2012. It has proved very controversial and has been challenged in court. And note two. Advantages, problems, and challenges. Those advocating for extraterritorial processing of asylum claims argue that it has several advantages over the processing of spontaneous asylum claims in Europe. First of all, it would reduce the need for asylum seekers to embark on long and perilous journeys to reach Europe. This would save lives, as well as reducing the profits made by the organized crime groups that smuggle asylum seekers and migrants into European countries. In addition, it would offer asylum seekers protection closer to their region or country of origin. This would be particularly advantageous to those who aim to ultimately return home. Establishing an EU-wide joint system for the extraterritorial processing of asylum claims is seen as entailing even more benefits, including a more efficient use of resources such as expertise, staff, and infrastructure, as well as a more harmonized system to determine asylum claims across the EU. However, extraterritorial processing, depending on what form it takes, gives rise to a wide range of challenges and problems, some of which are very significant. First of all are the numerous legal challenges. The first problem concerns a possible violation of the right enshrined in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights to seek and enjoy another country's asylum from persecution. Another important problem concerns the possible violation of the principle of non refoulement, that is, the right not to be returned to a country where life or freedom would come under threat. Given the human rights records of many of the countries in which transit processing centers might be established, it is not clear how it could be guaranteed that non refoulement would take place since it is not only direct refoulement, but also indirect or chain refoulement that is prohibited by the Refugee Convention. Finally, there are very significant procedural issues, such as which procedural rules would apply as there are still differences amongst member states in respect of asylum procedures. The same can be said about reception conditions for asylum seekers. Secondly, the extraterritorial processing of asylum claims raises a crucial moral question. There is no denying that extraterritorial processing has generally been of particular interest to governments seeking to limit the number of migrants and asylum seekers arriving on their territories. Further, measures that seek to ensure that asylum seekers either stay in or are returned to countries outside the EU for the processing of their asylum claim can also be seen as an attempt to shift responsibility onto other states, especially for persons whose asylum claim will be turned down. 
This is particularly problematic considering the less favorable socioeconomic conditions and the relative lack of asylum expertise and reception capacities that characterize the countries where asylum processing centers could be established. Finally, there are many practical challenges inherent in extraterritorial processing. It is very likely to be costly and resource-intensive, for example requiring that reception facilities meet adequate standards with regard to sanitation, water, electricity, and so on. Although a looser interpretation of external processing via the creation of EU-sponsored refugee camps in Turkey, combined with large-scale resettlement, has also been proposed, offshore centers for the extraterritorial processing of EU asylum claims, as previously conceived of, are unlikely to become reality in the near future, given the numerous problems inherent in the concept. Sarah Leonard, s.l.leonard at dundee.ac.uk, Senior Lecturer in Politics, University of Dundee, Christian Kaunert, c.kaunert at dundee.ac.uk, Professor of International Politics, University of Dundee, www.dundee.ac.uk. Endnotes. Endnote 1. The Cap Anamur boat incident, in which a group of asylum seekers rescued from the Mediterranean were then expelled from Italy www.unhcr.org slash 410-1252-e4.html Endnote 2. C. McKay F. A Return to the Pacific Solution, FMR 44, www.fmrreview.org slash detention slash mckay. FMR is an open access publication. You are free to download, copy, distribute, or link to this article as long as it is for non-commercial purposes and the author and FMR are attributed. All articles published in FMR are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License.